hour two of the Blitz. Well, starting right now, live here on 1340 AM, 105.7 FM. Live in your Fan Run Radio app. Live in the Fan Run Radio web browser. And if you want to go check out the video feed, well, that's over on the Fox Sports Knoxville Twitter. Big Orange Philly phone lines are open. 865-546-8200. That's your number to call in. Again, 865-546-8200. The Big Orange Philly phone lines. We're heading over to the Big Orange Philly phone lines right now as we start off Hour 2 with a call from Roberto. Roberto, happy uh, happy Tuesday. Good morning. Yeah, happy Tuesday, gents. Heading up to the mountain to do a little uh, lunch exercise on the ski slopes. That's a uh, fun Tuesday. Jealous. <laughs> Man, yeah, yeah. Try to do it every Tuesday uh, during the winter, and finally they have enough snow to do it. Maybe every Tuesday this winter for the rest of the year. Um, man, you 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 hit on some topics I've been chatting with some friends about. First of all, the NFL and the quarterback thing. I, I thought that was very interesting. Um, I think NFL a defensive league again. I think they over hit like sixty eight percent or some absurd number this year. Uh, I don't know about playoffs, but I mean, it was some absurd number during the season. Uh, it, it, when the under's hitting at a clip that's above, you know, because it theoretically should be 50-50 somewhere in there, right, gents? Um, at some point this season, I saw some absurd stat like that. It doesn't matter. It's because there's no quarterbacks. Well, yeah, there's, I think, yeah, the under, by the way, spoiled. this past weekend went four for four. I uh, love the under. I was yep. all over the under all year, but... Um, I think that the, yeah, there's you got a shortage. rich, didn't you? How rich are you now? You, <laughs> you're well, so rich that you can just do radio for the rest of your life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, then I just I'd give it back on the Titans when they would lose seven in a row. You know, I get all my unders and I would say, oh, cool. Here's yeah, all my that's money. That's why you never bet. Uh, never bet with your heart. Only bet with your brain. Yep. That's yeah. Uh, but um, I think you're onto something. Yeah. I think there's a shortage at two pretty massive positions for offensive success. I mean. There's not enough quarterbacks to go around, and I think everyone is kind of hurting themselves chasing that quarterback uh, and, and mm-hmm. making their team. Everybody uses the their first round draft pick on a quarterback, and, and then you got Brock Purdy probably going to go to the Super Bowl. Like I think more teams could maybe just be like, all right, you know what? Everyone's turning left chasing this quarterback. There's not enough to go around. Maybe we should turn right. Maybe we should try to dominate the line of scrimmage and get these great weapons, and then fill in the quarterback. And you know, I think. The 49ers have done that to a certain extent, but yep. I think there's a shortage of quarterbacks, and I think that there is a massive, massive shortage of offensive linemen, especially yep. tackles. They're just yep. offensive, offensive line left tackle. is so far behind defensive line play yep. right now, and a lot of that has to do with high school and college coaching and just scheme change throughout the sport. Offensive linemen are not getting developed at the same rate in the same ways that you know, make good offensive linemen, so there's just not as many available. And that's why dominant defensive line teams have been getting to the Super Bowl right there for the last five years. Because defensive line, it's like um, the irony is everywhere on the defense, except for the defensive line, in my opinion, is a, is a almost like a catch net now because it's so pass-heavy league, right? But the defensive line is allowed to pin their ears back and really get after it. Because you don't, you, you have to work the screen game a little bit, but you really don't have to worry about the run game. So long as you're pushing up field, you're going to stop the run game, right? Because your linebackers are going to have enough room to move. So 
for me, I totally agree. And the shortage of tackles and the shortage of, I mean, honestly, elite centers, too. Uh, it's just a, uh, it's it's an endemic. It can't be a pandemic because those don't exist anymore, right? So, um the other thing that, that you were on to, Charlie, I noticed on Twitter, you were you were berating our fan base, our basketball fan base, like, we're good and everyone's miserable. I guess is kind of what you said yesterday. I, right? I've kind of fallen into a pattern <laughs> in the last couple of weeks where my nightly routine is at the end of the night. I just start scrolling Twitter, and I scroll until I get mad and get off because uh, every night – People just make me mad with the way that they talk about this basketball team. Uh, I mean, it's just how spoiled are we yeah. to, to say some we are. of the things that we do? Mm-hmm. I agree, and I've been guilty of that somewhat. Uh, I've taken my medicine several times this year on Triple J. Uh, now, I, you know, he's, he's been our best player the last two games, and that's great. And I hope he continues to do that because actually him being an elite five-star that he's supposed to be and being the best player on the court or one of the best players on the court uh, makes Tennessee just – it's the juice they have to have that they have missed at times this year. Yeah, um, I mean, absolutely. But I mean, what, sixteen and three? Am I wrong? Sixteen and three? Is that the number? That's the right. Three losses. Yeah. Uh, and ranked number four in the country. Number four and in the country. Number, you are also and a, a presumptive number one, number one seed right. in everybody's brackets, right? Yes, not bad. When was the last time no, you've been think, a one I seed? I think we're having a good year. <laughs> um, <laughs> Safe to say. Yeah, you know, the thing that that. And if you don't mind me just throwing this in there, mathematically speaking, Rick Barnes has only outplayed his seed line like three times ever. I don't know if you know that. In like 30 years. 35, 35 I think, or 32 tournament appearances. He's only outplayed his seed line like three times. So, theoretically speaking, if we're a one seed, the only way he could outplay his seed line is winning a national title, right? But... He rarely, I mean, he, he's been known to underperform his seed line. So my question to you guys is, do we really need to be on that two line to have a legit shot at a, at a Final Four? Because if we're on the three or lower, I, I just don't see it. I, I, don't really, I don't really know if there's necessarily a set, you know, you need to be this seed or you need to be in this spot in the bracket. I, I just think that... You know, there's there's a ton of correlation with Rick Barnes and his team's success or lack thereof in March, and I get that, and I get why that's troubling, and I get why that's frustrating, and I get why that, you know, makes fans want to proceed with caution, makes fans nervous, or sometimes yeah. even apathetic. But I, I, there is no magic formula. Like it's just you're playing in a tournament with a ridiculous amount of variance in a sport. That should probably be played in seven-game series that instead are in these one-off games in in a chaotic, like, not normal and abnormal environment. And and it's just who's going to be the fortunate team this year? Because every year there's going to be a ton of teams that are are going to fail to reach expectations. And the odds are every single year that... You know, you're more likely to, to fail than you are to succeed. in terms Sure, of the but I mean, Rick Barnes is really testing that theory, and that, that's where I was going with this. I, look, this team is good. Defense travels. This defense will travel. They can turn it on whenever they want. I, I think I, I quoted a statistic to you guys or somebody else the other day. Tennessee is third in the nation, uh, and maybe they're tied to 2A now uh, with Rutgers. They're, they're in the top three in the nation in explosive runs that's 10 to zero points or more mm-hmm. okay they don't do it with their offense they do it with their defense 
And a lot of people think explosive explosive runs in basketball has to do everything with just having an elite offense that can bang home threes. That's not it. Uh, Tennessee does it the opposite way. Actually, Rutgers does it the opposite way as well. So I'm just I, what I, I'm sorry for interrupting, but what I wanted to, to say to you is Rick Barnes is truly testing the theory. If if you get there enough, it, eventually you break through that glass ceiling. And if he doesn't this year, guys, I'm not calling for his head. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not ridiculous. He's built a nice program, but it is time for us to start going. Okay, I know you can't get us there. He's the Johnny Majors. Johnny Majors can never get us there. Philip Fulmer took Johnny Majors' talent to a next level, and I don't. I'm not a Philip Fulmer sheep. As a matter of fact, I believe Johnny Majors is a, a ten times better football coach. However, it just took that one spark, and the question is: You got after this year, you've got to start talking to Rick about, hey man. We love you. We're going to pay you. But you're going to have to start either winning or you're going to have to start deciding when you're going to retire. And at that point, I think, I think uh, Mac Mahan or Mac Mahan, however you say his name down at uh, LSU, has to be a candidate, even though we bludgeoned them the other day. He's a hell of a basketball coach, and he's from here. And I think Nate Oates, those are your first two calls, and his relationship with Danny the Plumber is a good, good thing for us guys. Um, I really appreciate your time, and I just want you to know that uh, I really enjoy this show a lot. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, you guys have done a really, really good job for yourselves, and I, I can appreciate that if somebody's tried to break in before as well. Take hey, care. Thank you. I appreciate it. Always good to talk to you, Roberto. And Appreciate it. I mean, I get it. Like, it, it's tough, right, when you, when you want your team to succeed and you feel like they should in March and they don't. But, like, it's hard to really – put like causation with the correlation that's so frustrating and it is and And i get it it happens every year pretty much like think about like it happens all the time but each year is it's each like own individual case and and it happening in the past like that's not going to change what's going to happen this year like that's not going to to affect what's going to happen this year like each year has been its own independent i I guess example i don't know it's just you know like like one year you had no Kyle Alexander. Last year you didn't have Olivier. One year you had Carson Edwards not get fouled, but you know, in quotations, get fouled on a yeah, three right it, before Purdue stepped out of bounds. Like it's a, a lot shot how in the back of the rim and fall in. It's just weird. It's mm. a lot how you play, but also like you have to get the right bounces. You have to get the right draw. Like Kansas last year, man, they got a very good draw. The the path that they had, they were a great team. Like, don't get me wrong, to win that many games and to run the table there, you have to be a great team. And they were a great team. Clearly, they were a one seed. But their path was relatively easier compared to some other paths. They got a Villanova team in the Final Four who just lost one of their best players. And then they faced an eight-seeded North Carolina who was well with, with without of their reach. Like what, they, they Miami in the Sweet 16, right? Yes. Or like, Elite Eight? Yeah, exactly. Like, they had a relatively good path. And, like, those are the things that have to happen. You, Not to say that, like, hey, you have to have that easy path to win, but you also have to have some things bounce your way. It is it is a, a tournament full of chaos. That's why it's literally called March Madness, because you have a Loyola Chicago make the Final Four, and, and no one can really truly pinpoint how it happened other than that they were just exciting and fun, and they had momentum, and they played, they were poised, and... and Sometimes that happens. How 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 can St. Peter's make an elite eight as a 15 seed and beat Purdue and Kentucky? Clearly, two you know much better teams. How does a Duke? Like that doesn't make Shaheen Holloway a better coach than Rick no, Barnes. That no, doesn't no, no. make St. Peter's a better program. Sometimes just, things to say, and you know Rick Barnes is not just sitting there like, 
oh, that was a great SEC championship. Like, I don't care what happens in March. Like, clearly, I'm sure he is very frustrated just as much as we are by the fact that, you know, he can't get this Tennessee program to a Final Four because he's certainly been capable and have had the teams in the last six years. So I'm sure he is just as frustrated as us, I would imagine, um, because it's his livelihood. He wants to win. I know he does. And um, I, I... I just think, you know, things happen in the tournament like that. It's chaos, and and you can't expect some of these things. So I think the best thing you can do is not sit here in January and and you think, oh, man, March is going to be stressful. We might have a second-round exit. You might. A lot of teams have a second-round exit. But I think Tennessee has put themselves in a position where they can make that deep run. I don't know if there's, like, a specific spot that they need to be that's going to help their path better. Obviously, a one seed is supposed to be the best path, right? Because you, you're the one seed. You've earned that route. You you should. I mean, if you're there, you're, you set yourself up at a good spot, playing the 8-9 in the next round, playing a potential 4-5. But I don't think there there's any one spot that makes that true difference. It really is just how it, – it's kind of like everything is, is washed. It's everyone's 0-0 once you get to the tournament. UNC proved that last year. You see teams prove that all the time. Doesn't really matter where your seating is. But I will say a lot of the national champions do come from that, you know, one line. I just it's frustrating, right? Because if you want to try to explain like why has it not worked out, there's not a great explanation. No, there really each year yeah. has been its own weird case. But I, I don't think it's just as easy as saying Rick Barnes can't coach. And we're March we're yet. not in there in the locker rooms for what Coach Barnes is saying to his team right. for what they're doing to prepare. And, and to say, like, this was a Tennessee team that did very well in March last year. They won the SEC tournament right. in March. Then they, they just, unfortunately, I mean, what happens shot, if you beat Michigan? They couldn't get shots to fall against Michigan. Like, what happens if you win that game? Who it's knows? just one like, bad game. It, it was, it it was one four. off game in the midst of what was a really dominant month up until that point. And, and, and we've seen that. Things happen. Of course, you want to win every game, but you can't. Only one team wins every game there at the end of March, and it's very. I mean, again, very hard it's to so do. frustrating, but like very hard to do. Again, it's just it's it, it's not as easy as saying Rick Barnes, Rick Barnes, Rick Barnes. Like there are plenty of coaches that were March chokers until they weren't. There are plenty of. Coaches I hate that losing. Are still seen as, like, I hate March losing in the chokers. second round like, as as much as anyone. There are. But, I mean, there there are so many coaches that didn't break through forever until finally yeah. they did and then they were looked at differently like if rick barnes finally breaks through he's going to be looked at completely differently i will say still villanova year in and year out villanova capable. and gonzaga had the they had the second round exit title to yeah, them so forever. did uh, so did i mean roy williams had that for yeah, a while forever Smith had that for forever while. villanova was Tony that team Bennett, that virginia, always choked in the virginia second round was that team forever yeah virginia was the team that lost to umbc and then when they and then, and then when they, they beat it, everybody was like, "All right, there you go." Like it, it, it takes can once. happen, but it, the problem is, like you from a, you got to look at it from a national perspective. Like there, it's not just Tennessee versus the world. There's a bunch of Tennessees every year trying to break through. Oh, There's yeah. five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and only one or two is going to make the. Final and I will say, you're just. Every year, it's more like no matter what team you root for. I don't care if you're a Kansas fan, a Duke yeah, fan, yeah, go a UNC go look fan, at some a other Kentucky fan, a Tennessee fan, a fan of any of these major programs. Every year, it is more likely that your season ends with a f- quote-unquote failure, a loss in the Elite Eight or Sweet Sixteen, or or worse than it than it will be successful. I'll like, tell you, every year you are more likely to fail than you are to be successful. So, you know what? If like if you can't handle that as a fan, like I'm, I I I I get it. It's frustrating. Yeah. May, I mean, maybe just 
get to the tournament and just pick a one seed and root for them every year and just be a bandwagon fan. One thing that Rick but, Barnes has done is had Tennessee in the position to run the table every right. year, and that's and, and remarkable. This year, the best position yet, as of January 24th. We'll see where we are on March you know, 15th, March 16th. But right now, Tennessee is setting up to be in the best position of any Tennessee team that we've had so far to win a national championship. And, and one more thing on the Rick Barnes criticism. I, I think some things need to be addressed, right? There's been a constant criticism of Rick Barnes and his offense and his unwillingness to change and everything else. We've seen him in the last two years become incredibly adaptable. We've seen the offense change from a team that took more mid-range shots than just about any team in the country to a team that takes you know, less mid-range shots than just about anybody in the country. We've seen you know, Tennessee change to this at-the-rim-and-behind-the-arc kind of offense. We've seen Rick Barnes be adaptable in the last couple of years and start you know, messing around with more small ball. We've seen him uh, address your need to get a, a quality big man that we haven't really had since Kyle Alexander left. Like We've seen him address these criticisms, be adaptive and change. And now, you know, here he is, he's drawing sets from and drawing inspiration from the NBA. He went and brought in Greg Polinski, a guy that was the, the Nets director of player personnel, a guy that has been in the NBA for 15 plus years to continue to try to modernize that offense. And, and now you see Tennessee run a bunch of sets that are derived from NBA looks like I, I just think that he has been very adaptable too. He's been very adaptable. He's won the SEC tournament. He's been uh, a top five program since the day he's gotten here. Just about like I mean, since he's really got it rolling. Like Tennessee's been one of the best five programs in the country, and, and I mean, here you are in, in such a great spot. It's it's hard for me to fathom some of the criticism. But uh, Sam, we have phone lines on again yeah we got matthew matthew on the line you know yeah. what we'll just keep this long first segment rolling Alrighty. and just hit a, a big break okay we'll, we'll keep it on the the big orange philly phone lines we'll head over to matthew now hey charlie how we doing boys uh we're we're great how are you doing good i was thinking about that punishment wheel and uh you know i feel like because hey man because charlie loves change so much we should just make a wheel of change, and that's what Charlie will have to spin next <laughs> I, time. It's a lifestyle change wheel. wheel. Of change, I would, it's a disaster. I would just make one change. I would quit radio, so I don't have to change anything. Having <laughs> <laughs> to put like, socks on his feet one foot at a time and actually tie the shoe after he's had both socks no, on instead of not doing it. I forgot about that thing. That was disgusting. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, uh, man, that's hilarious. Um, I guess I just want to kind of carry... I want to carry this over. I mean, Charlie, you said it last night, and I thought, yeah. I mean, there was some emotion in your tweet, but, like, the... <laughs> I was very the, angry. Yeah. I'll be honest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's better to be angry than not angry. It shows you care. So, thank you for that. I think the one thing I think that Tennessee fans are always passionate. I think that's a way to describe us. But, boy, it does feel... And, you know, Charlie and Sammy, I actually... I teased this earlier a month ago, but it felt like the fan base was divided on this on this football or basketball team. You know, I told you guys earlier that it felt like baseball was kind of that second sport now that everyone cares about, and basketball was the third. And I think, Charlie, you guys are seeing that right now with how the fan base is kind of not fully invested uh, into the program yet. I mean, on paper, yeah, we've sold out most of our home games now, but I don't know. It feels like because football had such a successful season and we 
unfortunately are used to seeing a postseason drought in basketball, the fan base is kind of like, oh, just, they're just kind of like, wait and see, wait and see. And it feels like, honestly, like, I, you said it best, Charlie, the March Madness is such a toss-up. It's so hard to win. It's such a it's such a challenge that if this team makes it to the Sweet 16, in my opinion, that should be a successful season. I mean, yes, if they get a one seed, you want to make the Final Four. You want that Elite Eight. You want that deep March run, but... I mean, it's all going to be codependent on matchup. And I guess my thought process, Charlie, like, do you care? And I'll ask this to Sam and Andy as well, but, like, do you guys care? Like, the argument I hate is when people say he makes too much. Like, I feel like that's so dumb because we're not paying it. Yeah, I, I, the he makes too much argument that you see in college sports sometimes whenever a coach gets an extension or, you know, whatever, a coach is making a lot of money but, ha- like, hasn't won a tournament or whatever else. We could – we, 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 I could get a, an alert pop up on my phone right now that says breaking news. Josh Heupel extended, will now make $20 million a year. And I know that's hyperbolic. Like, I know that's a crazy number. I still wouldn't care. It's not my money. It's not my money. It's infinite money. I mean, like, we are printing money. And until <laughs> we aren't printing money at Tennessee, I don't care. Like, <laughs> I, I don't get why that's such a big deal. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, like is Rick Barnes knocking on your door asking for a paycheck? No, so who cares? I, I don't, I don't at all, and I I know you're in the same boat, Matthew. Um, well, I'll add this. You know, Charlie, they're saying Josh Heupel's actually his contract negotiation is probably going to be in that same ballpark of what Barnes makes, and I know not a single football fan will bat an eye. And if you look at it, they essentially been the same thing like they both had incredible success on their time here on the hill so like why does it matter what a coach makes as long as they are consistently beating your rivals consistently competing and keeping you in ballgames like that's my whole theory but i know i'm ranting now now i'm emotional it's uh it's basketball I, i don't know i think sometimes I think sometimes our fan base looks at things through the perspective of a Tennessee fan instead of you know someone that like enjoys college basketball as a whole, or a college basketball fan, which makes sense. You know these people, we are Tennessee fans, but I think sometimes you lack that perspective. Then it's not all that common of an occurrence for the best team, or even one of the best couple of teams to win the national championship. Like that's that's not all that common. It's not even that common to get the best couple of teams playing for a national championship because, again, it's it's a tournament that is probably not best crafted to, to find the best team. I love March Madness. I don't want it to change, but, again, it's not the best way to, to figure out who's the best team. Uh, no. I, I mean, there isn't really a better way either, but I, so maybe it is the best way, but it's ne- not necessarily a good way. Um, and to go back, like I think that I, I still don't think that baseball is past basketball is number two, nor do I think will it. It will. I, I just think that baseball is still much more optimistic but i think the same you know circumstances exist within baseball right like i think that baseball is also a sport where a now tony vitello has it set up to have great regular season success for a very long time and great sec success andy you mentioned this to me yesterday baseball even more so than basketball is is very imperfect in the way that their postseason is set up and it's even more of a rare occurrence in baseball for the best team to win the national championship 
for the best team to be competing for a national championship. You yeah. saw it last year. The very I mean, last Miss, game in the field. Ole Miss got destroyed by Tennessee in the regular season. Right. They had a terrible start to the season. So in three years, you know, if Tony Vitello <laughs> doesn't get to a College World Series or you know doesn't win one in the next couple of years, even if he has really great programs, is our baseball fan base just going to sound exactly like our basketball fan base right now? Maybe like how you know if if he doesn't satisfy that hunger for a championship, how long until people start to turn on him and call him a June Joker and, and a guy that you know can't win a championship? I, I think that that could happen in baseball too, and I, I pray that it doesn't, you know, because it shouldn't. But that's maybe the way it is. Yeah, but I mean, I'll hang up, guys. I know you guys got to take a break, but I mean, the postseason of the tournament should not define a coach, but. Unfortunately, it feels like that's what will define him whenever it comes time. I think, you know, if March Madness did like a three-game series, oh my gosh, that'd be the best thing ever. But it just, it's not how we're going to do it. Never has, never will be that way. But uh, I'll let y'all have some time back. The last thing I'll say on those quarterbacks, you know, Charlie, I'm disappointed that you didn't have Matt Ryan in your top five. Thanks, guys. I, I will say uh, my fi- my final word on that is your final word is that Matt Ryan is a top five quarterback. No, it's not that. <laughs> nope, it's not that. Sorry. Even though maybe I thought the Colts were going to be good this year. Um, I, I had Matt Ryan at eleven preseason. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, I thought that was going to be a, a healthy experiment. I had him at eleven in the preseason. I, I thought it was going to be a very healthy now. healthy experiment for those Sorry, two teams. I, it I'm wasn't. Very interested to hear your final. Uh, no, my my thought my final thought on that was like, yeah, the postseason shouldn't be a metric on what determines determines a coach's success and what determines a, a coach's uh you know longevity in a program but it is because it's a you know it's just an easy metric and and a lot of coaches they don't stay with programs because they don't simply make the tournament i mean that's where some of the baseline is for some of these programs like hey can you just get us to the tournament like are you going to get us in the national conversation but the more and more you do well that was kind of where where i feel like us as tennessee fans were when rick barnes came in was like hey we just want to get back to the tournament like Getting to the tournament again in, in 2018 was, like, great. You remember how exciting it was? I was pumped. Beat, like, Villanova? Yeah, I was, like, I was getting used to watching March. I was getting used to watching March without anyone in the fight, and it was kind of, like, weird. It was just, like, I, getting back to the tournament was, like, oh, this is nice. Now it's, like, you know, now is the baseline of championship. Like, I, I don't know. Some programs it is. Like, for a Kansas, if they're not making, like, in a Kentucky, if they're not making Final Fours, then... Yeah, they they want Coach Cal out, so it does elevate the higher you go and the and the more prestigious you get as a program. But at the same time, Rick Barnes has gotten us to this point, and I don't know, he still hasn't been here for ten years, right? Like I don't know, it's it's still like eight years or so. The fact that he's still at this point, I at would that love amount of time. Like maybe we can do this tonight. I you just mentioned it, eight years. I would love to just compare other top coaches and top programs in their first eight years to Rick Barnes. Yeah, and it's and it's, it's going to be completely different now because first year coaches clearly can come in and and immediately have success with the transfer portal. So, like Jerome Tang at Kansas State, Tommy Lloyd at Arizona, but again, yeah, Arizona they exited in what Sweet Sixteen last year and they were a top overall seed. It's hard out there. It's hard out there to win. Really hard out there to win in March. Made it past TCU in the second round. Hard out there to win Eddie in March. Eddie Lampkin. Because everything starts over. That guy. That guy was awesome. Everything starts over once you get to whatever the first round is the first round start on march 16th this year thursday march the 16th is that day one yes sir yep we uh that's it we're probably gonna be somewhere too by the way we'll probably be at a bar 
doing a remote. We will? Yeah, that's what we've been doing the last couple of years. Nice. It's usually pretty fun. That's very fun. I, uh, you guys, by the way, you guys got shows for the SEC tournament, just you two going to Vegas. You're going. Okay. Yeah. To Is Vegas, that, that's though, the week. That's the, SEC that's the week prior, right? Yeah, week prior. Lovely. Gonna that's be fun, fun though. Oh man, you guys. Very fun. I'm so excited for March now. March is a good time. We got best a long way to go. Year. It is the best month of the year. We're almost in February though. Tomorrow will be a week until February, and then of course February is a short month. Always just it 28 is days. Undoubtedly, the the best month of the year. Conference championship week. I guess the two weeks of championship week into then the NCAA tournament, I could perennially just live in those three weeks the rest of my life and, and, I know. and never frown again. It's really sad when the first weekend's over. You're like, man, you got to wait a whole nother year. You know that feeling of like when you open your last Christmas present? Yeah, you're you like, just kind of oh, look around. You're like, oh, dang. Like that feeling as a child. You get a whole nother the, year. The final basket of the round of 64 is that feeling, but amplified by 3,000. Yep, because you know it just you won't have it again for I another think year. That those three weeks again, I don't even think it's possible to frown. Like I think I'm the happiest person <laughs> on the face of of the earth. Like I, That's I, awesome. I can't imagine anything that could possibly bring you down. But the second that final buzzer sounds for about five minutes, I think I am the saddest person on the planet. We're 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 making a perfect bracket this year. Yeah, by the are. way, we're yeah, not we missing are. one. And we're drafting on the other side. Tuesday draft coming up next. Stay with us here on the Blitz. All right, it's Tuesday, it's 1140, it's time to draft. Sam, over to you. All right, we're going to get a little weird here for Tuesday draft. Let's do a Tuesday draft of sounds that are fine at 3 p.m., but terrifying at 3 a.m. So where where did this come from? You, you, I, I got some inspiration off of Twitter. I, I saw some I saw some wild some wild answers to these, and I, I wanted oh to boy. see what y'all could think of. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I'm having a hard time. With I'm this really one. having a hard time too. Who's gonna go first? Uh, flip so you the gotta coin. flip that coin. You gotta flip the coin. Uh, it doesn't have, have to coin. be sounds exactly. Just anything. Just anything. What else? That would doesn't. Falls I thought, under no, anything. I think we need to take. I, mean, sound. I think we need to be more specific with the sounds. I don't have a coin still, so you're gonna have to. All right, heads or tails. Siri, Head, flip a coin. Heads. Heads. Uh, you pick first. <sighs> um, I said it, it. I think in the break earlier. I'm gonna go with like my maintenance guy. Fine if he walks into my uh, apartment or my room in the middle of the day uh, to come fix something, but if he's there at 3 a.m., I'm not happy. You feel that, to- <laughs> that tool belt jangling yeah. at 3 a.m. Maintenance. Like- <laughs> maintenance. No, I don't want that. I don't want that at 3 a.m., so I'm going to go. That's my number one pick. First thing that came to my head. Okay. Um, my first pick, fine to hear at 3 p.m., not fine to hear at 3 a.m. Uh, Russell Smith saying, Welcome in to Knoxville's premier call-in show. That's it? You wouldn't want to hear that at 3 a.m.? I would love to hear Russell that voice at 3 a.m. You'd be, you'd be, you wouldn't be concerned if you were just laying in your bed at 3 a.m. and you heard Russell Smith? Maybe uh, the, hey, folks. <laughs> hey, folks. <laughs> yeah. 
little, little uh, ad read. I don't know. That might be peaceful. His voice is enough to it keep is. me. Like, I mean, I like. I've said this before. I mean, he would. He could make a. He could retire from radio forever if he just created like his own app that he quietly narrated things yeah. in your sleep. Oh yeah, just like read you a story to go to yeah. bed. Yeah, he could do like Easy. children children's lullabies probably. I think he'd be pretty Easy. good at Easy. Easy. Um my second pick is going to be Sound of Children getting home from school and getting off the bus. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> A I don't know what that would sound like at three. <laughs> could, you, could you imagine you just hear a bus pull up and a bunch of kids get off and they're like, "Oh, you know how kids sound and they're oh, getting on the bus yeah, and they're yelling gosh. and laughing." Yeah, yeah. At three a.m. Wow, that's a good pick. yeah, that's a good pick. Um, I'll go with two here. Um, my next one would be um, the Burger King commercial, the Whopper Whopper <laughs> one. Wouldn't want to hear that at 3 a.m. It's like the George Lopez theme when you wake up. Was and gonna, yeah. I was going to go with the George Lopez theme. Well, you can still do that, but it, it's more. like it's you wake. Yeah, you, you know, it's kind of like lighthearted when you hear it during a football game. You're like, ah, there's that Burger King. Where you've heard that in the middle of the night, I'm mad. <laughs> I'm mad. Don't want that. Um, and Did you hear my, the new one? There's yeah. a new oh, one. Yeah. yeah. International chicken. Oh. It's so delicious. Whatever way Okay, you have it your way. One of my buddies has it memorized. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they've played that commercial nonstop, uh, different variations of it for six months. The like, one that they're going to drop for the Super Bowl is going to be too much for society to handle. Sonic tried to make one. I was watching Thank college basketball last night, and it. Sonic tried to make one, and it what was terrible. Sonic, it was awful. It actually just lie. made me want to go to Burger King. It makes me want to go to Burger King. <laughs> I like the commercials work. Sure. Um, I'll say it. It's, it plays in my head Yeah, all day long. I can't get it out. I think I see what, it everywhere. what they're doing should be looked into is like mental warfare. Mm-hmm. I see it everywhere. They're Burger King. I don't want to hear that at 3 a.m. I don't. Um, my next pick is, uh, have you ever heard like the uh, a mountain lion or like a coyote yell? Mm, like yeah. the, the, ah! Yeah. In the afternoon, it wouldn't be so bad. It would still be kind of weird. But in the middle of the night, you definitely don't want to hear that. It sounds like someone is like dying. Like it sounds like a the worst scream you've ever heard. I don't want to hear that at 3 a.m. I can get, I can get with that. Should we do a commercials draft next Tuesday? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with an alarm clock. <laughs> I don't like hearing that during the middle of the day. I mean, yeah, who wants either. to hear that at 3 a.m., you know? But I don't want to hear that in the middle of the day either. But, like, you're okay with it, I guess, kind of. You just turn it off real quick, but I don't know. You hear an alarm clock at 3 a.m. That's tough. Mm, sure. I don't know. Um, it's uh, this is a hard time. This is this is a hard one now that we're getting to the point where I I feel like a lot of my ideas are out the window. Um, alarm clock and there's one really good one that I heard that. I'm going to tell y'all after. Okay. Draft. I'm excited to hear some other ones, but I, I've got like maybe one other idea. I'm looking for my last one. So, Charlie, you got you got plenty of time. Take your time. Good at 3 p.m., bad at 3 a.m. Dude. <laughs> Is this going to be the first Tuesday draft where we just run out of ideas? No, I've still got some. You still have some? Yeah. But I'm just, I'm waiting. I'm waiting to find my last one. I, I keep, need another I good keep one. getting caught up on the not bad at 3, a, 3 p.m. part. 
But you keep getting caught up on what? Oh, I keep thinking of things that would be bad to hear at 3 a.m., but then I go, wait, that actually would be pretty bad at 3 p.m. too. <laughs> <laughs> like ghost activities? Or just like drop your weapon and like come out gu- of the building. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that would be bad at both times. <laughs> yeah. Please open up. Like that's that, that's bad at 3 p.m. too. Yeah. I don't know. I I give up. I'm going to lose this round. Just give me the, a vacuum. A vacuum. <laughs> <laughs> a vacuum. I just lost the whole. I just lost the whole draft. How pissed would you be if you heard a vacuum at 3 a.m.? I'd probably keep sleeping. Oh my gosh. Um. I would. Uh, one of my my next one would be. Uh, Tony Romo's high pitched. I don't know, Jim. <laughs> Would not want to hear that at 3 a.m., but I love hearing it during the day. I'll tell you what. Uh, <laughs> and then my last one. My last one. I see, this is the issue. Like, I need one more, don't I? You do too, Charlie. Don't ask. Um, I was going to say my last one is, like, in the middle of the night, you hear, a, a like, a like a four-score seven years ago, <laughs> like a Confederate soldier. It's fine if you hear that was like the opposite of Confederate soldiers. That was Abe Lincoln. Right? Yeah, I know, but like you hear Giving like a speech you hear like a Civil War, like res- a war cry. Res- yeah, a war yeah. cry. Civil War reenactment. You hear that? You hear that in the daytime? You're you, it's like a YouTube video the, or something. You're fine, like, but you hear that at night? You get the drummer <laughs> boy marching down the yeah, field. You got, you got those those Franklin, Tennessee ghost stories coming in your room. <laughs> okay, okay. I think you've won this draft, Andy, by Charlie saying vacuum. Vacuum. Unless Charlie has an amazing last pick here. I know there there are some really good ones out there that I just, like, can't think of, you know? Stumping you, Charlie. No, you've stumped me good. You've also caught me on a day where my brain is mush somehow. I don't know what's wrong with my brain today, but it's not operating all that well. Mm. Yeah, I'm really interested to hear like what some of the ones that you saw were. Oh, I had one and then I lost it. <sighs> oh no. Oh no, I had one and I lost it. Oh. I, I feel like a good one is going to be like a phrase that you say during the day all the time that just would be really bad to hear at night. Are you going to forfeit this one, Charlie? Just forfeit the pick. I had it. No, I had forfeit it in my head. Forfeit the Miami pick. Dolphins this pick. Forfeit it. I had it in my head. I give it to you for now. He forfeited. I'll right, come Andy. back to me. Good win, Andy. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> that was right. a hard one. It's a hard one. Like uh, the sound of an ice cream truck. <laughs> Solid. That would be creepy. <laughs> a chainsaw. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like a gun, yeah. too, but that seems very obvious. That would be kind of scary in the day. Yeah. Unless you were, Unless like... like you, I don't know, someone, like, hunting or just, Hunting, like sure. Target shooting. Okay. Um, Ice cream truck is crazy. Car alarms. Okay, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um... I think your your animal howling was a good one, Andy. Yeah. That what was, about that like was one that I saw? What about like the little automated voice Bluetooth speaker connected? No, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like that at three p.m. Honestly, so that would be really bad at three a.m. Yeah. Or like Alexa just starts talking. Hello. <laughs> like, 
like Alexa responds to something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I had something and it escaped me and now like a blender. We're right back where we were in the first segment. It's like a blender goes I off. I am angry because I can't remember what I was trying to remember. I'm having a bad brain day. Bad brain day by me. I don't know. Bad Maybe brain day. Doing brain exercises. Keeping the brain fresh. I don't You're know. You're wearing a suit too, so you feel like that's like big brain I activities. Feel like, I feel like the suit's just weighing me down and affecting me negatively in all aspects of life at this point in time. Like it's just it's really gotten to the point where every day is is getting worse and worse and worse. <laughs> Best fed coming up next. All right, all right. Let's uh, let's say we make some bets, shall we, gentlemen? Best bet to wrap up the show. Over to you first, Mr. Beard. Uh, I'm gonna ride the Nashville Predators tonight. Give me our money line at a nice little even money, plus a hundred. Press money line tonight. Yeah, let's let's get it done. Preds beating Preds. the Winnipeg Jets mm-hmm. at home. Home game. Let's we get need it. the win. We need the win. We're gonna get the win. All right, amen. What uh, what NBA game am I watching for the over tonight, Andy? Um, well, I'm gonna start giving you NBA games that are on TV. You don't have to if you don't want to. I can get league well, no, pass. Be- no, I'm not gonna make you. I pay mean, like I can league access league pass. pass. Just last night, the Grizzlies game was literally oh. blacked out on NBA TV, blacked out on League Pass because it's supposed to be on Bally Sports Southeast, but for okay. some reason, Bally Sports Southeast was showing a replay of the Hawks game. That's why I couldn't watch. Gotcha. Well, I'll give you the one you requested yesterday. I'll give you the Heat um, playing at home against the Celtics tonight on TNT. Is that the over you're taking? Um, it wasn't going to be, but I will now. Um, okay. I'll give you that game over-unders 217.5, so not a very big over. Probably the lowest I've seen in a while. So, should be a good game though, right? Maybe. Two pretty decent teams. Celtics. Rematch of yeah. the conference title Eastern game. conference uh, finals there. So, I'll let you watch your heat tonight. Woo. 7.30. Yes. White hot. You got the Celtics on a back-to-back. Oh, we're going to beat that that Celtic ass tonight. Nah, they're going to beat y'all because they lost last night. Now, Brandon Oreck doesn't want that smoke. Um, we got a top, five, or top 12 matchup, by the way, in college basketball tonight. Pretty big one in the Big 12. Number five, uh, Kansas State, fifth in the country, 17-2. They head to Ames, Iowa. Ames, Iowa, going to be the center of the college basketball world tonight as Iowa State, number 12, takes on number 5, Kansas State. You guys uh, you guys like Iowa State here? They're five-point favorites, or you like Jerome Tang and the boys to pull off an upset? Man, the Kansas State has been doing great. I don't know if they get this one, though. I, I feel good in Iowa State winning this one, um, especially at home. I feel like that's just, yeah, I don't know. It's a stiff line. I don't know. It's tough. I feel like Iowa State wins this. Them and Kansas State both at six and two in the conference. I don't know where the conference is at currently. Like if if that would keep them at the top. Like who's it would. number one? It would. So <laughs> big game for Iowa State. I think they get up for the challenge. I'll, I'll probably go uh, the Cyclones. I feel like five is a lot of points though. I'm pretty tempted to take Kansas State, uh, but actually now my best bet it's going to be Miami. They're on the road. I don't I don't love taking road favorites all that often, but. Miami on the road, minus three against Florida State. Florida State's just not good. We're, we're not going to take Florida State. No, they've won back-to-back games. I guess maybe that's concerning, but I'm not concerned. Give me Miami, minus three 
as my best bet. And uh, that'll wrap us up. That'll wrap us up for today. We'll be back same time, same place in the AM. It'll be game day, Tennessee, Georgia, coming up tomorrow. But for Sam Beard, for Andy Brock, I'm Charlie Collier. Y'all have a fantastic rest of your day. And stay locked into Fan Run Radio. It's John Reed, Cody McClure, Cam Black. Talk sports up next. <laughs>